what's up, sexy people of the internet? It's Dave. It's Duncan. Back from my left for another. I don't know. I don't know why. Instantly regretted that. Like as yeah. soon as I started doing it, I was like, that was a bad idea. Happens to the best is. Um, back for another album review. And for this review, Duncan and I have been checking out the new album from Southampton Gothic Punks, Creeper. The yeah. band's new album. Southampton's alright if you like bad in Southampton's alright. It's not even the right lyrics, I'm just mixing it up. <laughs> the band's new album, Sanguivore, will be released on October 13th via Spine Farm Records. So, uh, Sanguivore is a dark story from Creeper. One that is influenced by throwback vampire flicks such as Near Dark, The Lost Boys, and <clears throat> Interview with the Vampire. See, when they said throwback, I keep forgetting how young they are. They seem to like throwback in three movies they mentioned, two were the late 80s and one was the early 90s. Kind of makes me feel old as fuck, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, oh, to be fair. Uh, fucking orthopedic back fucking pillow. <laughs> um, its narrative focuses upon Mercy, a deceptively innocent yet savagely violent vampire, 19 years old in conventional terms, yet with a soul dating back some thousand years, and her relationship with Spook, an older man who falls under her control but doesn't quite lose sight of their pr- previous humanity. Every Creeper campaign also ends in a departure ahead of a rebirth. Their debut, Eternity in Your Arms, ended with an apparent Bowie-style on-stage breakup, while their number five album, Seth, Sex and Death, closed with Will being decapitated on stage during a headline show at London's Roundhouse last November. Um, Seemingly being decapitated. (laughs) They didn't fucking commit murder on stage, right? He's back. Um, it's a record which again sees Creeper broadening their sonic reference points, effectively merging a lifetime's worth of influences from founders, uh, founding members Will Gould and Ian Miles. Beyond the escapist fantasy and lashings of dark humour, Sanguivore is also rooted in real-life experience. Romance, albeit via a gothic prism, is again a reoccurring motif, while friendship is also a central concept. Will and Ian have been in bands together for well over a decade, but as it has well been documented, documented, Ian suffered from severe mental health um, as work got underway on Sex and Death, which naturally limited his creative input. This new album proved to be a moment where the duo were reunited from the start of the project, resulting in their darkest, wildest, and at times heaviest set to date. The album was recorded with the help of producer Tom Dalgetty, who has worked with Ghost, Royal Blood and The Cult, to name a few. Uh, it was recorded partially at his studio, which is at a converted church. So, um, Creeper, I I, love, I loved Sex, Death and Infinite Void. Loved, loved that it's album. It's a good album, Dave. It is. It is a good album. It is an album full of hooky bangers. Yes, um, hooky bangers. Hooky bangers. But which is with... Dave's Tinder profile name. <laughs> I don't know why. But with the... But with this... Just uh... you with a leather jacket open with a load of hooks in it. <laughs> what is this Tinder you speak of, Duncan? <laughs> it's what I um, used to light fires, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that album came with um, a little bit of a more like moody kind of Americana type feel um, yep. than the, the debut Eternity in Your Arms which is probably their most like punk album they've done to date um, but like as you'll have heard Creeper aren't a band you can really predict what's coming next 
Um, and I kind of love that. Their, their 2021 EP, um, American Noir, was released um, with a kind of selection of songs that didn't quite make the, the Infinite Void album. Um, and you could you could hear why. Um, but those yeah. songs, those tracks had a different feel. Um, um, a bit, maybe a bit more touch theatrical, um, slightly more kind of heartfelt with, you know, with strings and a lot of piano and um, obviously in the voice of Hannah Greenwood uh, being paired up with Wills as well. Um, I liked the EP. I could hear the band had like improved musically and vocally, but I maybe wasn't as in love with it as I was the, the previous album. Um, what about yourself? Um, I know you're a Creeper fan. You, I think you've seen yeah. them live as well, haven't you? You've been, you been the opener for Baby Metal. Oh, right. <laughs> so, was that what it was? Right. Okay. So I okay. saw them in the Barras. Um, right. Ah, nice. And they sounded fucking great. Uh, huge. It was my first live experience of them. Yeah. And I'd heard their, their debut album. Um, mm. And I'm trying to think. That was, this might have been just before the second album or maybe just after. Mm. And what I was kind of taken back by was not only their their live performance which was fucking impeccable but it was their they're very locked into the audio visual thing so mm. which will always win brownie points for me i like bands that treat the stage like a bit of theater especially yeah. if you're going to go down that element of evoking it's why like as much as i don't necessarily like like a ton of Rob Zombie stuff. If I get a chance to go and see him, I'll go and see him live because the live show is like better than the music, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like you get you get your money's worth. And Creeper delivered that. Like there was a lot of stuff that was synced up to visual cues, videos playing through it. It was all kind of reminded me of kind of old school horror, which as a fucking (laughs) die-hard horror fan, that, once again, will also win you ticks. So also, they have a kind of, a big old streak of goth through them. Um, And I'm still goth at heart, even though (laughs) I I don't get away with that at work nowadays. But (laughs) uh, I still have that element of, you know, I will, like, unabashedly fucking sit and sing along to fucking... Like, shit, goth. Uh, for no reason other than it makes me smile inside, but not outside, because you can't smile outside when listening to goth music. No. Um, so they were excellent. The Very much like yourself. Creeper are a band who have, and I can't stress this enough, worked their ass off. Like, the, these guys tour like at an insane amount, will literally not turn down a tour, mm. and have been. Some people might think that, you know, they've got huge all of a sudden. No, no, no. This has been through hard work and graft. Yeah. That being said, there has been an incredible rise in attention profile and just in general songwriting from the band. Mm. Like, I think once they locked in that they could add a lot more of the things we're doing visually into the style of the music, that's when they became infinitely more interesting and differentiates them from a lot of other bands that have the kind of spooky punk sound. Mm. Yeah. And also, they they seem to really, like you mentioned, like Bowie and stuff like that. It's all in their music, and that's all stuff I really fucking like. So, like you know, the, it was never going to be a stretch for me to be interested in a band like Creeper. Yeah. And I was expecting big things from this from the moment we heard the first single, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep," like instantly, like, "Yep, this sounds bigger." So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy. So, yeah. okay. So, um, in terms of the album. Sang before. Um, how did you get on with the full release? What did you think of the album? So this actually performed better than I was expecting. Okay. So, um, we'd heard um, 
I heard the first single they released. I didn't hear any singles after that. I think right. they released another one or two, um, yes. and I was like, nope. That's they have me, they have me in now, and I don't want to. I know sometimes you continue with the listening. Sometimes I'm kind of depending on who the band is. I either check out, wait for the album, or yeah. I'm like, no, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I get quite far into it. Blood Command being one of those examples where it was so perplexing the way they released their yeah. songs. Yeah. I was kind of like, I have to listen to the next one to hear when it gets heavy. Mm. Um, I got the theatrics straight away, the kind of 80s tones and references and the, the moody goth right from that single. So I was really, really interested. And boy, does this band not let you down. Uh, <laughs> like, even a little bit. Um, opening song. Uh, further yeah. Than Forever. Yeah. Um, an opus in its own right. Mm-hmm. At nine minutes, like, yeah. see what I like. Once again, this is a stream. I understand why it's a stream. I fucking hate streams. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. I hate it because I need to, I can't just like on the go listen to it. I need to be on my fucking computer or playing it on my phone, which sometimes doesn't seamlessly connect to the next song. You have to go to the fucking app and just, like infuriates me. But I like when that clocked up there, I was like, what? <laughs> Totally makes sense when you listen to it. Totally doesn't feel nine minutes either. Mm. And I will do it for love. I was wondering how long it would take before that came up. <laughs> oh, it's meatloaf as fuck. And yes, you know what? Much. I am I am down to clown on some meatloaf. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I mean, it evokes it. It's not. It's not that song. It evokes it. It evokes it. That it's chorus. Not, Come on. It evokes it. Better vocalist here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's what makes it a bit like, like a better range. Um, yeah. More options. Sims much more polished. Musically, a bit more interesting. Mm. Like There's a part of me that thinks that Meatloaf just made really long songs because he just like toilet breaks. <laughs> I'm gonna go for, you just play this in early tea and I'm just going to go for a slash. Um, I mean... I mean, it does. It has grandeur and it has hugeness, and mm. it, it seems theatrical and it has a lot of pomp and circumstance about it. I, it also reminds me at times a little bit of Ghost, um, which has slowly adapted their sim to be a bit more meatloaf. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think it sets the stage. Actually, when you listen to the rest of the album, the fact that the opener is this nine-minute fucking rock opera mm. kind of makes sense yeah. it really does set the stage and I like I say when it got to the end it didn't feel like there's three distinct movements in the track mm-hmm. and the first and the second the first and the third sorry are basically the same but the middle section which opens up to its own song in its entirety mm. actually works really 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 well in breaking the track up yeah. so when it finished like that first track I was kind of struck by one, how huge they fucking sounded. This is mm. fucking massive. Two, the techniques, the styles, and the songwriting. Three, yes, it reminded me of Meatloaf, um, which I wasn't expecting. But four, how like fucking pumped I was when it finished, because I knew what one other song sounded like. <laughs> so I'm like, I have this. Yeah. I have something that doesn't really sound like that. Let's see where we go. And the album continues to wear its influence. They're a band you can very clearly chart influences on oh, yeah. songs yeah, yeah, absolutely. as opposed to being an overall simmed. Yeah. But somehow they managed to take bands that don't sit in the same genre. Mm. Like, 
Meatloaf and the Ramones are not the same genre, right? <laughs> yeah. Are the Misfits? They're not even remotely in the same genre, but somehow mm. on a Creeper album, they sound like they're in the same genre. Yeah. I kind of love that about them. <laughs> like you, you jump into a track like uh, "Cry to Heaven," which has a kind of almost fucking eighties Bon Jovi goth vibe going on, and I fucking <laughs> love it. Or "Sacred Blasphemy." Which has a little bit of Queen going through it, and mm. like once again, like elements that don't shouldn't shouldn't mm. work uh, through the ballad of Spook and Mercy, which is that just that straight up kind of Americana. Well, if we've got a horse or wagon, we're on the road and we're being attacked by vampires. <laughs> it did make me think of Near Dark. Near Dark is a movie which is basically a western, but a, a vampire western. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, Lovers Led Astray. Fucking great track. Really powerful. And what I love about like vocally, they're such an interesting band. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get these huge, like, huge, like, vocal... And it's a vocal hook album. Like, you hear yeah. the chorus the first time, you're singing it the second time, right? Yeah. Love that about them. Mm. Um, but even through uh, Lovers Led Astray, which has a kind of, like like a big kind of beefed up ballad thing going on. Teenage Sacrifice is punky as fuck. Uh, Chapel Gates has this kind of almost... It reminded me of like AFI or some shit like that. It was really, really, really cool. Uh, the Abyss is an interlude track, which is basically the chorus of uh, Chapel Gates, but done as a kind of, almost like a kind of uh, organ orchestral sort of thing going on and then it closes it with a really powerful one-two punch uh, Black Heaven, it's a fucking great track reminds me a little bit of Bowie um, in the best possible way um, and it has like a all these things have really 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 good instrumentation, great layering and grandeur and then More Than Death closes the album out in, in fine fashion, it's a great closer mm. for a concept album this has a story to tell and even if you didn't know the story as mentioned in the press statement or you're like me and don't read press statements <laughs> like I felt like I was I felt like I was being told a story yeah and I felt each song was a movement or an act in that story and they all weaved it together seamlessly mm-hmm. and yeah there's influences here I mean the ghost elements there for sure it's hard to get away from that um, and there's elements of the old, and there's the, there's still those elements of that punky stuff. Maybe not on the snarly side, but there's that punky attitude that Creeper do so well. Yeah, yeah. And their music, it's just a really, really accomplished album. Mm. Just very thoughtful, very well put together musically. The songs are actually perfectly placed. There wasn't one jump from one particular homage to mm. another that sounded obtrusive or obstructive there yeah. you know there's a there's a clear like a clear line right through and i kind of love that about it as much as the music i like an album that feels like it's been thought out yeah i like songs that feel like there's been a discussion with a <laughs> band in a room go like that right we have two songs that can go after track seven 
what one are we doing? And the band actually sit there and say, well, thematically that fits there, or it finishes in this chord here, which this one's... Like, when there's conversations about how tracks or stories or themes fit together, yeah. that means the band are invested in the album structure, which means I'm invested in the album structure. This sim's fucking massive. Mm. And this was, the, like the, I think, the first time where... Like, when I saw them at the Barras, they opened for Baby Metal... I know Dave doesn't like Baby Baby Metal, but Baby Metal Live is he, he toured the fucking force like it is so fucking well done, and it's just it's immaculate. It's just like an immaculate slab of huge metal. Like they could play to a crowd of ten thousand, and it would sound the same as they played to a crowd of two thousand. It just it, they just do things at scale, and I felt at the time I was like, well, Creeper played really really well, but Baby Metal are the bigger band. See what the right stage show. And mm. this album, I think they could easily be playing to 10,000 people and it would sound fucking amazing. They yeah. could be playing to ghost crowds off this and I think it would fucking work. Mm. Um, I think this might be the best thing the band's done. I mm. think it's the, the, by far the most accomplished thing. Yeah. And musically, this has all... It's, it's daring, it's challenging in terms of the, the realms of the influences they pulled from. Not any one track side by side sounds like another track but it's clearly creeper all the way right through it yeah um yeah i think uh, that i think they're they are pretty big already i think they're about to become fucking huge um <laughs> and i'm quite excited about it and uh, i know we're supposed to be maybe going out to see them live and uh, I, I i can't wait to see them again like this material is killer and it's going to work really 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 well with a live crowd and with the mm. right theatrics and all the rest yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought this was to me. Um, I think this is the best thing they've done. It's the most accomplished. It just sounds mm. mature as fuck, and it's also full of fucking dark humor. This is tongue in cheek. The same way that people get into ghost. The amount of times I read off that last ghost album, which wasn't their best, although everyone thinks is their best, where people like that, I didn't realize they had a sense of humor. And I'm like, it's from the beginning. <laughs> he dresses like a zombie pope. It's from the beginning. The humor's always been there. Yeah. You're all just getting it now. No, I thought they took themselves seriously. Like Slipknot. <laughs> Slipknot don't take themselves seriously. Come on, they sniffed dead crows in jars before they got on stage. Who's serious there? <laughs> yes. I'm curious okay. about you because. Mm. I'm a known quantity. I'm a Creeper fan. You, I didn't even know that you liked anything by the band. So yeah. goes to show how little we know about each other for being best friends and best men at each other's weddings. I yeah. feel like you've been holding it a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm a punk guy. I love I love punk music. It's like you do love punk music for yeah, a long you, time. You do, you um, so coming off of the the EP they did, uh, American Noir. I was wasn't that to sure. get off that label. I don't know. Were they actually. not on Roadrunner? Um, I think this this is on a so new this label. This is on Spine Farm. Yeah, this is on a new label. I'm pretty sure. I think yeah, wasn't. right. So I wonder if that EP was released to get them. I don't want to speculate in here. I wonder if that <laughs> oh. EP was released to get them out of that label. Maybe could be. You it know, was stuff one they thing had. To do, let's just release the stuff that didn't make the album. Yeah, it was written at the same time as the the, the previous album. But um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I, I quite liked it. I, I didn't love it, um, but I was like unsure what was going to happen next were they going to continue in that vein or do something different um then they then they dropped cry to heaven the first single from the new album and i was in hard i was hard in. it was i was like this is <laughs> easy those 
80s vibes just hooked me in like a son of a bitch straight away. Um, but once again, Creeper have given us another release that kind of pivots and explores previous styles a little further while giving us some new ideas that make this uh, this album a completely different beast from the last. Um, okay, yeah, you mentioned the opening track, Further Than Forever. I need to just go back to that because nine minutes um, and... 100% their most ambitious track to date. Like, it is it is epic. Um, that, like, uh, theatrical streak is in full flow with this. Like, and yeah. not even, it's not even like a song. It's like a full, like, Broadway show. It's a rock opera. That's yeah. Meatloaf. That's what Meatloaf did. Meatloaf did rock opera. It wasn't, it was the full fucking, it was James Brown, but fatter, <laughs> whiter, and sweater. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like a full fucking stage show. James Brown is pretty sweaty. Um, yep. It's got, um, it's got, it's got flair. It's got big theatrics in the music. Um, you could, like, when I was listening, I was like, I was picturing it on stage, like with the, you know, the, the ebbs yep. and the flows and the, the epic lead work. And as you said, musically, there's a, definitely a bit of meatloaf in there, but it's also like mixed with this kind of weird like menzingers type thing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When I got to the chorus, I was like is this bat out of hell or what's actually happening here? Because I was like, I was hearing that in my head when it was playing. Um, and I honestly, like, when I got to the end of that track, I was like, I don't know what the f- what is going to happen next in this album. I have no idea. If that was the opening gambit, then I, I don't know what to expect. Um, but you but, did, because you'd already heard that. So. Yes, I did, yes. Because <laughs> Cry Heaven then kicks in, and I was like, oh, I'm in 80s heaven. This is like, yep. could be from an 80s movie. Probably I mean, called the Lost. Cry to heaven. Probably called the Lost Boys, um, and I absolutely love that track. Like yeah. one of my favorites on the album for sure. Um, huge sing along chorus, full of like big like Sisters of Mercy goth vibes, um, but still has you know a bit of theatrics um, about it that it doesn't sound like a massive jump from the opening track. Yeah. Um, there is like a although it sounds different, there's a connective kind of thread there which was. Which is really important, I think, to have, um, so that the album doesn't sound just like a bunch of different styles one after another. Um, the album really flows well together. Mm-hmm. Like, even though um, Sangvivore is their most varied album to date, stylistically, it still feels very interconnected. Um, it's very well pieced together. That you know, it works on on various levels. Um, Sacred Blasphemy probably had some of that piano work that reminded me a little bit of American Noir, the the EP, but. Um, a little bit punkier um, and still again keeping those 80s tones throughout um, and this album is is saturated in 80s influences from mm-hmm. the Danzig vibes on Lovers Led Astray to like a bit of Billy Idol <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> Teenage <laughs> Sacrifice Molo yeah totally um, I was <laughs> it's, also it's Lover <laughs> yeah. uh, Lover um, I was also getting a bit of Bonnie Tyler in the chorus of Teenage Sacrifice as well <laughs> yes um, but They've still made sure that they, they capture a bit of that kind of like kind of punk rock essence that made them like creeper in mm-hmm. the first place. Um, Chapel Gates has got that kind of like it's just got a real kind of punk rock banger kind of feel about it. Um, again, there's a bit of menzingers, sort of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, very much a bit of Ramones in there. Um, it's got that kind of like fist pumping kind of rhythm, you know, the driving bass, loads of woe woes from from Will on vocals as well. So it's it's very much in the the punk rock vein. Um, Sacred Blasphemy also has that kind of same adrenaline fueled kind of pace um, and bite to the guitars. Um, I need to talk about track nine though, Black Heaven. Um, 
You need to talk about it, Dave. I, I need can to. see it written on your face. And not for the reason you think, but the synth on that track, like, yeah. holy shit. I could have listened to that synth on loop. It was so good. Um, it's Isn't like, fantastic. Very much. It's got, but it's very got this new romantic. Of, it's very new oh, yeah. romantic. Yeah. It's got like a a dark, almost like a dark kind of synthwave type kind of pulse to yep. it um, with this real like 80s gothic punk vibe uh, kind of running well, through Maybe it. a little bit kind of a slight Joy Division thing going on. Yeah, yeah, for you know sure. I mean? um, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then More Than Death is the kind of epic closing ballad of the album. Yeah, um, rock ballad. Yeah, great lyrical content. Um, you you feel like you're kind of hanging off every word of his uh, during that track, but his range as well. The high note he hits on that, he's like, "I will love you." Like, yeah, like, yeah, fucking hell. really good. Um, kind of in a similar way to the the opening of the, the album, it feels like it was made for the stage as well. That last track, yeah. it's got a little bit more of a theater kind of production to it, um, but not in like a like kind of campy way. It's got a, a more of a kind of emotional kind of pull to it. Um, it reminds me, and I'm gonna lose street cred here uh, right. a little bit. I was a, I'm, I was a big fan, like huge fan of the first two Killers albums. Mm-hmm. Um, loved them. Their second album was a kind of, it was kind of like, like a, it was a concept album. Um, Sam's Town, I think, was what it was called, mm. and um, it opened and closed with a track that was very different to everything in between. But it felt like if you're going to see a stage show, someone coming out and introducing you in. Yeah. And then the closing track was very much like a bringing it all in and concluding. And yeah. More Than Death feels very much like that. It's the dying embers of an album which has given you its all and brought everything to a close. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, not much I didn't like on this one, to be honest. Um, I think the, the ballad of Spook and Mercy... Um, it's the only one I've got questions about so it's it's. I think it's fine for a kind of like quieter more restrained kind of Nick Cave type ballad um, yep. I, I kind of felt like it was a little bit early in the album at track 4 I don't disagree I don't disagree right. I like the placement but I don't disagree with that I think those sorts of moments it's weird that it gets the album never really slows down until the closing track after track four, yeah. which is kind of weird. Conventionally yeah. speaking, we would usually get things the other way around, and you mm-hmm. would get something later in the album that would slowly pace down, pick itself back up to the end. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's a conceptual thing. Probably is to yeah. do with the story overall, and that's why it's done. And the way it is, yeah. Um, but I don't think you're necessarily. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. But I understand exactly where you're coming from. The placement yeah. does feel like well, we've just got our shit going. Yeah. Granted, <laughs> at that point, you're mm. almost almost twenty minutes into the album mm. when you think about it, because track one is about ten minutes yeah. long. Yeah. But I, I, I see what you're saying. It was just a, it was just a kind of momentum thing. It just kind of killed it a little bit. Um, but then I was thinking, I was thinking, where where else would you put it? Because you've already got that kind of interlude track as the Abyss yeah. is track eight, and it works perfectly into Black Heaven. So I wouldn't yeah. change that. But it's the the one moment of the album that just kind of slows down too much and a little bit too early um, in the in the album. Um, just that was the only thing that kind of that was a little bit odd for me. Um, last thing I want to add is just a little bit. Um, around uh, the vocals of um, Will Gold, um, or I noticed on the press release, he's going as William Von Gold as this, on this album. I would, yeah, just keep um, that. 
yeah, go for Add it. Add the um, to everything now. <laughs> he um he sounds awesome on this. Probably his his most Best album. Yeah, his most exhaustive kind of vocal recording to date. Um he goes from like dramatic ballads to punk rock ragers to eighties goth crooning as well. Like and it's like nothing See, as well. It just kinda of switches so easily. The the um, deep spoken word stuff as well, which is kinda of Nick Cavey a little bit, but yeah. also like vamp as fuck you know what I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> two steps away from being Pete Steele's fucking long lost fucking yeah. son yeah. um he sounds it. uh he sounds really like confident on this album like more yeah. confident than he's ever sounded um both in his delivery and the with the kind of lyrical content on the album um so many kind of standout lyrics on the on the album that it's hard to imagine crowds of you know fans not singing this back to them at, at live shows it's just built for that uh, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with this. Um, it's as good, if not better, than Infinite Void for me. Um, I think I think this is more rewarding on repeat listens, actually. Mm. Um, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot to love on this. Um, and if they, they want to write and score a Broadway show, I'd watch the shit out of that. They could fucking do it. Yeah. 100%. Them and the dude from Panic at the Disco. Like, <laughs> if those guys ever want to just like, transition to that, yeah. Turns out to be really fucking good at it. <laughs> uh, so, um, last thing, scores for Sanguivore from Creeper. Um, what are you thinking? 4.5. I think this is, like, this to me is the best thing the band's ever done. Yeah. Um, I still think we've not heard the best thing the band's ever done. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think these guys are just great. Mm. And I'm very much looking forward to catching them live. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you catch them live. Yeah. Because it's when that element, which mm. you kind of know you want from listening to them, is actually put in the live set, then it all fucking syncs up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is absolutely fucking great. Sim's huge. Mm. It's going to sell loads. It's going to get them loads more fans. And guess what? They've fucking earned it. So yeah, yeah 4.5. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Um, I was landing on a 4.5 as well for this one. Um, really impressed. I think, yeah, it is their, um, their most um, rewarding album for me. I think like going, I think I'll go back to this um, quite yeah. a lot throughout the year. There's just, there's so much to really like. Um, so many styles and, you know, it's very varied, but very well done uh, and very well connected as an album as well. Um, I wasn't sure, like from when I heard the first track, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. Like just, but <laughs> well, you're not like Meatloaf, no. <laughs> I mean, a couple of tracks maybe, but <laughs> let's be honest. There's no one that that says they like Meatloaf that likes every track. It's always <laughs> the same couple of tracks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so Creeper, uh, Sanguivore. It's out on October 13th on Spine Farm Records. Links below to the band and the pre-order. Check it out. Let us, uh, let us know your thoughts and your opinions on uh, the releases of the singles I've put out so far. Um, that is the review. Thank you for checking it out. We'll be back with another review very soon. But until then, take care. Speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>